Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota of Brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in Southwest Mississippi four years in a row. Come see the difference. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota of Brookhaven, we deliver. This is Paul Gallo, and welcome back to another episode of Mississippi Magic Post-Quarantine. This episode is titled, Dusty's Dark Side. Perhaps in American history of music, there has never, ever been an entertainer, certainly in music, all genres, that's left behind a larger footprint, more mystery, more conversation, more research for the truth, more legend on one single individual. And when you look at the limited body of work left behind to constantly dissect, could it be that the legend is true? Maybe the only reasonable explanation to shed light on the shadows of this monumental mystery. Did this Mississippi entertainer, in a moment of final desperation, walk through the portals to the dark side? More after this from Divinity Equipment. With every single COVID-19 precaution put in place for their staff and customers, and with a commitment to charge full speed ahead, there's never been a better time to step up to a new Kubota. Divinity's offer on the Kubota Z200 Series Mower, the zero-turn mower, ends the 1st of June, so you got to hurry. Check out the details on the sale price, no payments for 90 days, zero APR financing, and lots more. Same goes for the most attractive deal ever, on the Kubota BX Series tractors and more. Look, Divinity deals are springing up on every square inch of their massive inventory at both locations. Highway 51 North in Madison, Divinity Drive in Jackson. Check them out right now at DiviniEquipment.com before the springtime specials end. Now the story unfolds in this episode of Mississippi Magic titled... Dusty's Dark Side. He occupies a place in history that's reserved for only a handful of entertainers. One whose death gave life to more facts and non-facts, mysteries and musings than his short life of 27 years ever did. And yet here's why people from around the world still make a pilgrimage to Mississippi just to pay homage, to complete their bucket list, or who knows, some might even believe that If they stand at the same portal of darkness, they too may know immortality. The same kind of legendary immortality left behind by a kid known to the locals as Little Dusty. That magnetism that draws fans from Germany, Japan, England, and elsewhere to stand in the very same shadows as he did is certainly a tremendous commitment. When you consider how little is known about him, his life's work, or the incident itself, shrouded in mystery. History has exhumed every single trace of existence from his poorly documented life on Earth down to only two retrievable photos to even prove his existence. What little is known is that his music was honed on street corners and in smoky juke joints. A kid known as Little Dusty, a nickname given to him from his stepdad's name, Big Dusty. He never made the big time. He never played in Nashville or New York. He never made the charts on radio. Over the years, some of the best detectives in the business, known as music historians, after decades of searching, could only find a total body of recorded work of 29 songs. And you've got to wonder, how can that be? 
29 songs from only two documented appearances at some understaffed and under-equipped rundown recording studio, a body of work comprised of 29 poorly recorded songs in low fidelity, left behind to validate Dusty's singing and songwriting talents. Many have wondered how his presence in history, with so little help to judge him by, is recognized with the prestigious title of Master of His Genre. Or could the mystery be explained because of a deal struck with a talent agent from the dark side? The works from those only two known recording sessions, one in San Antonio, the other in Dallas, are archived on 10-inch 78 RPM singles, which, by the way, today are as priceless as rare baseball cards. And it's said that listening to the Mississippians' voice and lyrics accompanied by the pops and scratches of the old 78s could produce a trance-like effect, a hypnotizing power, maybe enough to bring you to the exact spot of where Dusty entered the portal of the dark side. Mm. You know, it's a shame that the celebration of life's talents happened after life itself, but that seemed to be the facts for little Dusty. For instance, in 1938, the famed producer John Hammond, he set about to find the man who produced these remarkable songs and invite him to perform at Carnegie Hall. His search took him all the way down to Mississippi, in the Mississippi Delta, and then ultimately it ended. Where? At Little Dusty's gravesite. John Hammond wasn't alone. Others, like musicologist Alan Lomax, came to the Magnolia State to seek him out also, but he, too, learned that it was too late. As the years went by, the rarity of his work and and the mystery of this visit to the dark side added to his popularity like nothing he experienced in his life. Looking back to those two recording sessions, one was done by a well-known Country Music Hall of Fame producer, his name, Don Law. Law understood the value of what was left behind. He put all of the works together under the title King of the Delta Blues Singers, and it was released to the world by Columbia Records in 1961, 23 years after the short life of Little Dusty. The album caught fire across America and worldwide. It began the incredible British blues movement that continues to grow every single year, even today. This one Mississippian, a man who died young, recorded few songs, enjoyed but a small following during his life, was to become the master of his music. Eric Clapton called him, and I quote, the most important blues singer that ever lived. Robert Plant, Keith Richards, Bob Dylan pay homage to this Mississippian's work as a key influence to their music. And yet, much of what's known about his life is this. He had a pretty good formal education. The only sources to learn more about this guy were his friends and relatives. They were interviewed over the years and acknowledged that he was very musically talented in writing songs and playing the harmonica. There was only one blemish, one shortcoming, one lack of talent that kept Little Dusty's dream on the farm, and not in front of the fans. He was a terrible guitar player. History records that he practiced and studied with a determined commitment, but for some reason couldn't become as accomplished as he needed to be with the guitar. He studied the style and life of one of his idols, Ike Zimmerman, who was, by the way, rumored to have overcome the same problem as Little Dusty, and how? With supernatural visits to graveyards at midnight. One thing that we do know is that Dusty's defining moments harken back to one of his life's worst tragedies, the death of his 16-year-old wife as she was giving birth to their child, a tragedy that we're told he believed was a curse put upon him for forsaking the songs of God 
and embracing the devil's blues. In the end, the Mississippi Kid would do anything to be able to master the guitar, and the very foundation of the mystery is based on the fact that he may have done just that. And by now you probably know, Little Dusty grew up and used his birth name, a name now recognized as the master of the Delta Blues, a voice considered to be one of the most important in the entire history of the blues, Robert Johnson. Robert Leroy Johnson. But how it all happened is still cloaked in mystery. The legend goes this way. Robert Johnson apparently disappeared from the scene for a while, dismayed about the one thing keeping him from becoming a star. Later on in an interview as another famous blues artist, Sunhouse would remember it, Robert Johnson became distraught over being, as Sunhouse called him, an embarrassingly bad guitarist. Then one day out of the blue, Johnson shows up in Robinsonville, Mississippi. Sunhouse's hometown in the Delta, with a miraculous talent on the guitar that stunned even the most accomplished musician, a feat that baffled everyone who heard Robert Leroy Johnson perform. And for history to find the answer how this was humanly possible, the bits and pieces of research come up with this. At the end of his wits, Johnson uttered in solitary desperation that he would sell his soul to the devil for the ability to master the guitar. And from that moment, he recalled with vivid imagery Ike Zimmerman's wisdom of the cemetery at midnight with nothing left to lose. Johnson arrived precisely at midnight at the crossroads. There in the midst of the night, appearing out of darkness, a large black man, a man he knew not in name nor face, but he understood that he was the devil and he was ready to deal. Without a single word that needed to be spoken, the devil took the guitar from Johnson's hands and slowly, methodically tuned it to precision. In the middle of that Delta night, at the crossroads of life and death, the devil sang a song. When he finished, he handed it back to Robert Leroy Johnson, and the rest is history. It is said that Robert Johnson acquired the mastery of the guitar, and the devil acquired Robert Johnson's soul. Or so the legend goes. One more thing about Robert Johnson, born in Hazelhurst, Mississippi, and passing away near Greenwood at the age of 27. His death was apparently caused by poisoning. It was rumored that Johnson's love of whiskey and women finally caught up with him when a jealous husband slipped a couple of mothballs and a bottle of Johnson's favorite whiskey. Robert Johnson's legacy and influence from Greenwood to Germany, Jackson to Japan, England to everywhere else is remarkable. As the man recognized as the master of the Delta Blues, history will never be able to prove if he really did cut a deal with the devil at the crossroads. Or was it just another example in the pages of history of simply Mississippi magic? A Super Talk Mississippi media production.